Hello, friends, and welcome back to the Healthier Together podcast. I'm your host, Liz Moody, and I'm a cookbook author and longtime journalist, and I am so excited to share a new series that starts today, How I Learned to Love My Body. One of the most common questions that I get during my Sunday IG Q&As is where my body confidence comes from. And to be honest, I developed it even at all somewhat recently, and it's still very much a work in progress. Because it's something that so many of us struggle with, which like fair, there's so much subtle and overt messaging out there basically telling us to hate our bodies and our looks, I decided to invite on some of the most confident women that I know and ask them, how did you learn to love your body? And yes, I said love, not accept, not be neutral about. As you'll hear in the episode, I think love is an appropriate term for the relationship that we should aspire to have with our bodies, like all of the lifelong, serious relationships that we'll experience. Love doesn't mean liking something at every moment, as anyone with a parent or child or spouse can attest to. Love has ups and downs. Love takes work. Love is hard, but it's beautiful and magical and so, so worth it. And that's very much the relationship that I aspire to have with my body. I would be curious to hear if you feel the same, so definitely come and tell me on Instagram. I would love to open up a conversation about the topic. My guests today are Rayan Langus and Christina Zias. Rayan is a content creator, curve model, podcaster, and body acceptance influencer. Christina is a host, curve model, fashion blogger, and body activist who also hosts size-inclusive style segments for Access Hollywood and KTLA. Together, they host a super fun podcast called The Confident Collective, which they actually interviewed me for, so definitely head over there and check that out. You can find it anywhere you listen to podcasts, and I shared a lot of stories and thoughts that I haven't shared anywhere else. Rayanne and Christina are so open and so fun. This is definitely one of those episodes that just feels like you're hanging out with your girlfriends, talking about body confidence and where to buy cute clothes and how loving yourself fits in with Botox and filler and all of that. And I hope that you feel like you're just hanging out and chatting with us. I know that I mentioned podcast clubs in my money episode, but I also think that this How I Learned to Love My Body series could be so fun for one. It's basically like a book club, but you all pick an episode of a podcast to listen to ahead of time, and then you come together and discuss. If you do start a podcast club and do a Healthier Together episode, I am happy to pop in on Zoom for a few minutes to join the conversation. Just let me know by emailing info at lizmoody.com with the subject line podcast club and we will get something in the schedule. And of course, as always, Rayanne and Christine and I would love to hear from you as you're listening. They are at Rayanne Langus and at Christina with a K, Zias on social, and I am at Liz Moody. So please screenshot, share any thoughts or feelings or reactions that come up as you listen. And if you know anyone in your life that is still struggling with confidence or body love, and if you don't, like, wow, that is very impressive. But if you know anybody, please, please, please share this episode with them. I would love for all all of us to go on this journey together. All right, without further ado, let's get right into the episode. All right, guys, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. I have like a two for today. It's really exciting. We're so excited. We come as a package deal. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, can you guys introduce yourselves and then, oh, could you introduce each other? Oh, yeah. Okay. So this is, <laughs> well, if you're listening, I am Rayanne introducing Christina. Christina is a curve model, fashion blogger, TV host, mom, 
to Nicholas, maybe the cutest baby that's ever been on this planet. <laughs> um, she is married to the amazing Steve. We call him Swole Steve. She really does like a little bit of everything. Um, she's the co-founder of the Confident Collective with me, where we help women live their most confident life. Um, and she's also just really fun and very spontaneous and <laughs> amazing. <laughs> Why, thank you, Rayanne, for that incredible introduction. Oh my gosh, I'm so nervous. Everyone, hi, I'm Christina. And next to me is Rayanne Langes. She is my partner in crime. She is a curve model, a fashion blogger. She is a TikTok icon and sensation. Um, she has incredible style, is a loyal friend, and such a great partner and sister, and probably like the most fun organized, hardworking person. I feel like you are like somewhat of a Leo and a Capricorn, like this perfect mix of everything because... Wait, are you an actual Leo and Capricorn? No, she's a Leo. I'm a Leo, but she's like... Well, I'm a Leo sun and a Capricorn uh, rising. She is like... Okay, so you know exactly what I'm saying because (laughs) she's like so much fun, so cool, like the life of the party, but somehow she's like so efficient, so organized, such a hard worker and like gets everything done. Yeah. Um, as someone I look up to and I'm happy to call a friend. Oh, Leos are the best. Leos are just like genuinely when people try to tell me that other signs are better than Leos. I'm like, LOL. Have you like read about the various signs? Because Leos are just... But that is like the, the most Leo thing to say. <laughs> that is the most Leo thing to say. <laughs> Literally, every time I post something, sometimes people be like, this is such Leo energy. And I'm like, you know what? I'm just embracing it. That's all we can do Liz, is embrace our Leo energy. Hey, I'm an Aries, so I'm like well, a good sister to you guys, okay? Yes. <laughs> Well, I love that. I mean, the Leo energy is, is I think, that like golden goddess confidence, which we're definitely mm-hmm. going to talk about here. So I'd love to start like this whole series is going to be basically about people's relationships with their body over time. So I'd love to hear from both of you how your relationship with your body has evolved over time. Sure. Do you want to start? Yeah, you start. I'll go first. Um, I grew up so aware of my body. I grew up in a Greek household that's like all about food and family and like someone that wants you to enjoy, like our family wants you to enjoy life and eat all the things, but everyone was like very quick to be like, Oh, you have a belly or you're like the chubby child. So I feel like, and (laughs) people like think that's crazy, but honestly, I think it's just like a foreign family thing. My parents are like from Greece. And I feel like whenever I talk about this, anyone who like relates, it's like, Oh my gosh, my family's Mexican. They totally understand. My Italian family is the same where some of my like more American friends are like, they're like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe your family would comment on your body. But like, it's just how it's just how it is. Um, so I grew up super aware of my body. I was like always like a size 12, 10, 12 growing up or like just on like the very, very edge of limited to like almost like not being able to fit into it, which like, you know, like it was really, really stressful. Basically yeah, social really suicide. Social <laughs> can't fit into limited too. Exactly. I was also 5'10". So I just felt like I was like this like monster of a woman, like where no boy would ever like me because I'm like bigger and taller than them. And that was like brought on a lot of insecurities. And I kind of stopped myself from almost like living my life because I was insecure about my size. And then when I was 22, I went on this like crazy health and wellness journey. I was like working out twice a day. I was like eating super, super healthy, like five, six meals a day, like, you know, chicken, brown rice and an avocado. And that was it. And I lost so much weight and I got down to a size four and like a lot of weight. And you know, at the time I was like, oh, wow, I did this like super healthily. But now looking back on it, I'm like, 
I wasn't even like living my life. Like I was saying no to parties because I'm like, oh, I can't drink or like, I don't want to eat cake. And what happened was I did feel hot. I'm not going to lie. But then I took a photo when I was on vacation and I remember looking at that bikini photo and being like, oh my gosh, like I still have a stomach and never posting that photo, never sharing that photo and being so insecure about it. Mm. And then I ended up gaining a lot, I gained, gained weight back. And now I'm probably honestly the biggest I've ever been and as a size 14, 16. And I can honestly say like, I just feel so much more confident in my body now as I am, as I've grown. Cause I, I think that going through that journey of like being a little bit bigger, losing weight, like getting to it now, it made me realize that like, my body and my size and my weight has nothing to do with who I am as a person and like who I am to the world and like the energy I put out. And I honestly, going through that journey has just made me so incredibly confident and I'm so happy to be where I am. Well, and I love that you say that you thought you were doing it really healthfully at the time. And I think there's a lot of reinforcement that Mm -hmm. healthy looks a certain way. And I think it's really interesting to kind of come to terms with the fact that your healthiest body might be exactly the shape that you are at now and not a size four body, Uh you know? Oh yeah. Like there was no way I could be that size if I weren't like working out twice a day or, or eating so strictly or doing all that. And, um, that's not living your life, girl. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. And Rayanne, what about you? Um, I mean, growing up, I had a very similar, um, experience as Christina. I am five foot 11. I come from just like a big fan, like we're all super tall. And I just remember always being like, just like the bigger kid. Um, because people told me, I, I think the first time someone like made fun of my weight, they called me like the Michelin tire man at like a pool party. And that's when I was like, damn that one hurt Ooh. um and then like i told a boy that i liked him and he was like how much do you even weigh <gasps> and so it was just like yeah so it was, it was like so many things happened in like those elementary school middle school years where i just felt like huge like i could never borrow my friend's clothes or anything like i just was i just was like a bigger kid and it really was like Christina said, stop me from doing things. Like I didn't want to audition for choir because I would have to be on stage and I didn't want people to see me on stage in like those dresses. Cause I knew I would, I was like, Oh my God, they look, I would look so bad. Or I wouldn't even like talk to boys because I was like, there's no way anyone would like me. Like I'm fat, like I'm gross. Like that's literally an every Every summer, I remember being like, this is a summer I'm going to lose weight. So when I come back to school, I'm going to be skinny and everyone's going to like, like me. I remember the like summer of trans. I always felt like anytime there was a long vacation, I had to come back a different person somehow. Like I needed to have transformed completely over that period. It was such an interesting feeling of youth. So interesting. And I just remember even like every night I'd be like, okay, tomorrow's the day. Like I'm going to start losing weight. I'm going to start losing weight. And this was like, a, I mean, el- elementary school, middle school, like so young. Were your um, and- parents like Christina's, did they tell you that you needed to lose weight or anything like that? No, my parents, I mean, there were a couple of times my dad made comments and I say this, I love my dad so much. I think we all learn the way that, you know, parents may do not always do or say the right things. I adore him, but he did make comments about, um, my, me and my older sister's weight a couple times, but honestly, um, it only takes one time, you know, and it's in your head. Um, but for the most part, I had very supportive parents, but I mean, I wanted to join Weight Watchers and I did Weight Watchers with my mom when I was in high school. Um, 
And it wasn't until college when um, I honestly, I know everyone uses this example, but Ashley Graham really started to like pick up steam and curve models. Like I was Mm. like, wait, what's a curve model? I'd never heard that term before. And I just started following every curve model I could find on Instagram. And I think that was really transformative to me to see these body types that were similar to mine on a daily basis because the people in my life that I was around didn't reflect that. All my friends were very small. And um, so just seeing it helped me realize that it was a normal thing and nothing to be ashamed of. Um, And then I think honestly, just with age and with being like tired and exhausted of thinking about my weight all the time and being like, I need to make this change um, really helped me to gain confidence and just like stop caring as much and showing other women that you don't need to lose weight to live your life or change something about you to audition for choir or do what you want to do. So it's been a slow and long journey uh, that I'm still on. um, But I feel like I'm in a really good place um, right now with feeling good and inspiring other women just to feel good and it's okay if you have like what however your body is like what christina said we are, have so much more to offer the world than the size do you remember the first time that you were like damn i'm hot like that you had that realization oh my god that's a good question i feel like i remember the first time Ooh, like, i don't know if it was the first time but this is actually like in high school i remember going to I was a junior invited to senior prom with this guy who like, I honestly, like the other day I was thinking about like, what is his name? (laughs) (laughs) I literally can't remember it, but I just remember being like with all these girls who were, I thought were so much prettier and so much cooler. And I remember getting dressed that day and I got my hair and makeup done. And I had this dress that my mom helped me find. I remember feeling so amazing in, and this is when I realized like how important, like how clothing can transform Mm. your confidence too. I just remember feeling like a freaking smoke show. Like that dress was so fire and I felt so confident. And all these older girls were like, oh my gosh, I love your dress. You look so good. And I remember that was the first time being like, wait a minute. Like, am I, am I overthinking everything? Like mm-hmm. I look hot. Like, you know, yeah. Junior of high school. We need to see these photos. I know. I need to <laughs> find them. Gosh, I wish Instagram was around then. Oh my God. Okay. I'm trying to think honestly. I mean, I'm sure that, oh, the first time... Oh my gosh, this is so hard. I would say it was probably, I don't think it was till probably after college when I started working as a fashion blogger and seeing images of myself. I was like, wait, I actually look pretty good. And similar to Christina, through fashion was really how it helped me find confidence and finding things that actually fit me and made me feel good. And for me to this day, what I wear has such a huge impact on my mood and how I feel about myself. And like, you know, I was just in Cabo with my best friend and literally spent like three weeks planning my outfits. And I was like, (laughs) damn, I feel so good in these outfits. crazy to me. (laughs) I mean, I should do it because I feel like I'm the person who packs the morning of the flight and then gets Oh my God. It's like, man, I wish I looked adorable. Why don't I? And it's because I packed 30 minutes before I was supposed to leave for the airport. But like that is, I need to channel oh that energy. <laughs> I couldn't even enjoy the trip if I didn't have cute clothes. It's so funny because I just saw a meme today and I thought of us because there was like, there's someone, um, there's two types of people in a relationship. One person that packs like weeks in a he- ahead of time, gets to the airport two hours early, blah, 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 That's blah. Me. And there's some, <laughs> there's another person 
who realizes they have to do a load of laundry the day of their flight. That's <laughs> like, me. Oh, that's me. That's me. <laughs> You're in good company, Liz. That's me too. I like got into the airport and realized I didn't have my passport. So I'm, oh. I'm very much that. Yeah, it's not great. I don't recommend it in you general. You guys stress me out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm the same. You're listening to the Healthier Together podcast. Taking care of your health isn't always easy, but it should at least be simple. That's why for more than five years now, I've been drinking AG1. It's just one scoop mixed in water, and it makes me feel energized and focused without any kind of caffeine jitters. I discovered AG1 after a ton of research because I was looking for one simple habit I could incorporate into my day that would support my entire body and cover my nutritional bases. No matter what the rest of the day looks like, I know that I'm getting essential brain, gut, and immune health support. I just mix a scoop of AG1 into my water. I think it tastes delicious too, which I know people are always nervous about, but I think it's like a tropical vanilla flavor and I crave it, especially because I associate the flavor with feeling so good. Of course, we're always trying to eat our fruits and vegetables and balance meals over here, but nobody is perfect. So AG1 helps support me with 75 vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, and adaptogens. I especially love it for all of the travel I've been doing. I think it's a huge reason why I still feel so good and have avoided getting sick despite being on a plane a few times a week for so much of this year and having to eat out so often. AG1 is rigorously third-party tested, which you know I always look out for. It also has less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, and no artificial anything. AG1 is one of the highest quality products to elevate your health, and that's why I've partnered with them for so long. So if you want to take ownership of your health, start with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3 and K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com slash Liz Moody. That's drinkag1.com slash Liz Moody. Check it out. You all know that I love smoothies. I could talk about them for days. I share smoothie recipes pretty much every week on my Instagram, and one of the things you all ask me about all the time is protein powder. Specifically, what do you do if you hate the taste of protein powder? And look, I get it. The vast majority of protein powders taste nasty. I only have three or four proteins that I reach for regularly, and one of my favorites is Garden of Life Grass-Fed Collagen. One serving of collagen has 18 grams of protein, which, when added to my green smoothies with some healthy fat like avocado, is critical in keeping me full through lunchtime. Bones can accumulate all sorts of heavy metals and toxins, which is why the most important thing with collagen is to buy it from a really high-quality source. Garden of Life has been the only collagen that I've trusted for years. I don't want to throw any other brands under the bus, but the stories I've heard from in the industry about where their cows come from are pretty terrible, and some brands don't even know. Not Garden of Life. In addition to regularly testing for heavy metals and all of the other bad stuff, they actually source their collagen from cattle herds that are much smaller and more traceable. While you can't really buy organic collagen, Garden of Life is the closest that I've found. The cows are raised to strict standards and aren't fed grass that contains any form of herbicides, pesticides, or glyphosate. Beyond all of that, it is one of the most affordable collagens on the market with a much more reasonable price point than other leading brands, which is important to me since I use it in my smoothies a number of times a week. 
Because it's flavorless and dissolves so well, you can mix it into pretty much anything from tea to overnight oats to my cookie dough bites. It's just like a magical little powder that you can use to amp up the protein of pretty much anything. And yes, studies do show that it can help with joint health, hair, skin, and nails, which is great. My nails truly grow obnoxiously fast now. But the main reason that I love it is that it's a one-ingredient protein powder, which I feel like people don't appreciate enough. You can find Garden of Life grass-fed collagen at Whole Foods or on Amazon, but the best way to support this podcast is to click the link in the show notes. It won't cost you anything extra, but it helps let Garden of Life know how you found them, and I massively appreciate it. If you have any questions about protein or collagen or Garden of Life, hit me up on Instagram. I am always happy to chat. All right, let's get back into the episode. The photo thing, though, like... Taking photos of myself that are good. Um, I mean, it's obviously taking photos of yourself can kind of be a hit at your confidence because you have to take you take thousands. And you're like, wow, I looked really weird in 997 of these. But I do think that getting like a professional photo shoot done is one of the best ways to feel really good in your body and feel like, oh my god, I'm so hot. And it's not it's expensive, but also like. I don't know. Like I, I hate my wedding photos. This is total side note. I hate my wedding photos. I think that my hair and makeup look terrible. And when I started doing professional photo shoots, I was able to let go of my negative feelings about my wedding photos because I was like, oh, I have this other documentation of like looking and feeling the way that I feel like is more me, you know? Right. Yeah. yeah. I think it, it, there's something about having like seeing yourself through someone else's lens, through, maybe. Kind yeah. Of. But yes, having photos taken where you feel like, and even with, I was just with my friend and she never takes photos, but when I took a good photo of her, mm. she was like, wow, like she felt so good. Mm. Yeah. And of course, like you said, there's going to be the 99 that your eyes all wonky and you're doing something weird in your hands, you know, but it is powerful to be able to see yourself, you know, in a way that you feel like reflects you, who you are and you feel good. Yeah, I feel like anybody, if you can afford it, grab like your bestie, grab your partner and like book a professional photo shoot there. So many wedding photographers will just do it like on a weekday for relatively affordably. And it's like, I don't know, it's just a fun thing to have. Um, speaking Agreed. of photo shoots, you guys are both models. I'm really curious because the modeling industry has, <laughs> it's got pros and cons from what I can tell. So I'm curious if like, what were the good parts about being a model in your relationship with your body? And then also like having to be so focused on your appearance, how that impacted your relationship with your body. Well, um, well, I know for me, like when I said before, I was trying to lose so much weight is because I wanted to become a model and I got down to a size four and I went to a modeling agency and I remember feeling so confident and they're like, Oh, you'd be great for our plus size division board. And I was like, what? Wait, wait you were a size four? I was a size You're four. You're like, I've been eating broccoli for six months. I was like, excuse me, what? Like, are you wow. serious? I was so confused. And I was like, and that's when I realized, like, absolutely not. Like, you are not the right fit for me because one, if you think that like my body's a size four is plus size, then like, I don't even want you representing me. But I do say that now, like as a plus size model, I think that we are very lucky to work with brands who don't necessarily obviously we're booked because of our bodies and our looks. Um, but I don't think it's as much pressure to be a certain size or to look a certain way because mm. the brands who are booking like curve models or plus models, um, they're so much more size inclusive. They're so much more accepting. They're like, they want to portray a different like consumer and like a lifestyle for their consumer mm. that I think it makes things a lot easier. Right. 
Yeah, I think when you're, I think honestly, it has a lot to do with who you're, who booked the you, brand. the brand, yeah. and how they make you feel on set. And I think that um, the the thing that I struggled with with modeling is you are hired as a body, like you're hired as a size 12, 14 body, and it, and I always struggled with like things that you can't you can't necessarily control. You want them to be happy, but you can't change what you look like. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like you can come to set and be positive and be outgoing and make and leave a good impact on people, but there comes a point where it's like a little bit out of your control and like I remember one time I was I used to do ecom for Nordstrom a lot and I had like these bumps on my arms and like I heard them mm-hmm. talking about it. Like, oh, we're going to have to edit those out. And it's just like that's that's the nature of the business but it make it, it like those little things really do weigh on you and i think no matter what size you are as a model it's just hard being booked as a body and sometimes right. not seen as a person yeah but i actually feel like that now more than ever you can advocate for yourself as a model and i think that's like something yeah. that people are scared mm. to do but like I was. Yeah. I'm not like scared to do that. Like I have like a big, I have a big scar on my chest from a pacemaker and I'm not like afraid to be like, Hey, like, I just want you to know, like if we're shooting beauty or like this needs to stay in there. Like, cause if you're booking me, like, I don't want you removing my scar. Like that's like something that's a huge part of me or Mm -hmm. even for me too. I, I have felt that like a lot of times being a curve model, the difference is that a lot of these brands aren't used to working with curve models. So they don't necessarily know um, how to style curve oh, models that's the worst. or like what to buy. So like, I always bring like literally like a mini roll on suitcase of like all the undergarments I need or like, mm. like which kind of sucks my own that outfits. you have to do that. Yeah. But, but at the like, same time, at least you can. Yeah. At least you can. So like, I do think, um, learning to advocate for yourself is like the most important thing in, in any industry, but like, especially if you want to go into curve modeling. Did you have, um, would you mind speaking to why you have a pacemaker? Oh, I had complete, I had complete heart block. Um, and honestly, like this is a really touchy subject for me because I still don't think I should have a pacemaker, but Mm. really what was happening was I, when I was in college, I had to get an EKG for this medicine I was prescribed to. Um, and they couldn't find my heart rate and like this kept happening where they couldn't find my heart rate. It turns out. So finally I was going to study abroad. My parents were like, you need to go to a cardiologist and just get your heart like checked out. And I did. And they literally would not let me leave that day. They admitted me to a hospital. My heart rate was 29 beats per minute. And when I was like, what's a normal heart rate? Um, like a very good, healthy heart rate. Like, let's say for like an Olympic athlete, like the lowest would probably be like low 50. But like, I think, in, like, I think mine's like 80 or something yeah. like that. Like mine oh. was like of a dead person pretty much, but I had no symptoms other than like a low heart rate. Um, anyways, make a long story short, I ended up getting a pacemaker and then I ended up having two failed pacemakers. So I ended up getting three pacemakers within four years. And it wasn't until I got my first pacemaker that I started experiencing like all these like blackout symptoms. I was like blacking out like every like couple of It was just so crazy. So anyways, I have a pacemaker um, and I'll have one for the rest of my life. But I, the reason I ask is because I'm curious, I was going to talk to you about this with having a baby too, but is how the switch to thinking about your body's functioning would impact your focus on your body's aesthetics, you know, like when you're facing like life or death situations with your bodies, the size of your thighs becomes like more irrelevant, I would imagine. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. And like the way you just think about life in general too. I remember um, when I going through all like my pacemaker issues, I was, 
um, in college. And I'll never forget, like we were supposed to go out to like a, a bar to meet some friends. And my other friends wanted to go to another party first. Make a long story short is that I was ditched that night because my friends like just wanted to party harder. And like, and, I was and like, you like it. couldn't party as hard because you like had yeah, a pacemaker. I wasn't, drinking. I wasn't drinking at this point because I was like going to have surgery in like a couple of weeks. And I remember like at that moment, really realizing like, wait a minute, these aren't my friends. Like these are like party mm. friends. Like these are friends that are just here for a good time because like when things got really tricky and like touchy for me, like they were ready to ditch me for like drugs, to be honest. And I was like, uh. Oh. Which These has to be people. like the worst feeling in the moment, but also, yeah, it's like such good information to have about people because then you can go out and find the people who actually give a shit, you know? Totally. And I did. Um, how did having a baby and like being pregnant and giving birth, how did that impact your relationship with your body? Oh my gosh. Listen, the female body is the most incredible thing. Sometimes I'm just like, when I see my <laughs> son, I'm like, you were in me. <laughs> I like, I feel like I don't I even do get it the entire pregnancy. And for the, like, I feel like I'd look at a 19 year old and I'd be like, you were in my body. And then the whole time they were in my body, I'd be like, oh shit, you have to come out of my body. That's like, <laughs> oh my gosh. Scary. <laughs> it was so wild. Pregnancy was like the most incredible thing. Most incredible journey. I can't believe how much I love my pregnant body. And I think hmm. that you just learn to accept your body. You learn to realize how incredible your body is. And you learn to realize like your body is not here to like look good in clothes, right. Or to like impress other people. Um, so yeah, it definitely made me think about my body differently. And I was really thinking about like the, what I was putting into my body because I just wanted mm. to, you know, put the best nutrients in there to give him isn't that so interesting that we don't like the things that parents are willing to do for their children, but they won't treat themselves the same way. Like you wouldn't mm -hmm. feed yourself well for you, but you would for your baby. And I just find that fascinating. It is fascinating. And I don't have a good answer to it because <laughs> I still do it. I'm like making like sweet potatoes and avocados and like all these healthy foods for him. And then like, I like made mac and cheese. I'm like, what? <laughs> like, <laughs> <it's no sense. laughs> what about so postpartum? I, Did you have any of that like sense of pressure to bounce back or the shit that's in the media around that? I wouldn't say I had, um, no, I don't really think so. I, I do think that like what was really confusing for me, I would say, and I'm like still kind of working through it is like I lost so much weight as soon as I had the baby. Hmm. So much weight. Um, and then I ended up gaining a lot of weight back. So hmm. and I think that had to do with like breastfeeding and stopping breastfeeding. And I, and that honestly was the hardest part for me because like my breastfeeding journey was like really emotional and really difficult and something that hmm. I did not expect. I thought it was just gonna be so easy. And like people say like breastfeeding is hard, but like, I, I really didn't expect it to be as difficult as it was. Um, so I think that had to do a lot of it. And then also like lack of sleep and like just stress overall, I think affects your body. Um, but I didn't really like care about societal pressures, like to bounce back, honestly. Um, I think that's such bullshit and excuse yeah. my language, but, um, you know, everyone's body is different. And for me, I'm like more focused on just making sure that my baby's happy and healthy. And he's very cute. Thank which you. you're doing a, a good job of making sure he's adorable. <laughs> so I, I love shopping for him. <laughs> I, I, I don't know if that's actually the best part of having a baby, but it's certainly one of the most appealing parts for me. Yeah, it's fun. I've decided we're going to be the people in people's lives who get like very like 
expensive baby shoes for people because it's such an unnecessary purchase. And like, I feel like the parents would be like, oh, well, could we have something useful? And we're like, no, we want to get you tiny baby shoes. Cause I would appreciate so that, honestly. <laughs> that they can, you just got, she just got him little cowboy boots. Yeah. Oh, they're so cute. That's, no, because that's what I want to do. It's I so honestly think cute. that's a great gift because that's the thing that like a practical parent is not like spending money on. It's the least, pra- I think we just, we just bought baby shoes for our friends in England and the baby can't walk yet. And we're just like, look at these cute little moccasins. <laughs> They can wear them for like three days. Yeah. Oh <laughs> so we're going to be those people. Idea. Can you guys share you, you, Christina, your story about like your first time you felt hot was like in this um, dress and you both have mentioned how clothing really impacts your sense of confidence. Do you have tips for dressing well in, in your bodies and just like in general, frankly, cause I'm like a very medium dresser and I would like to be better at it. Well, I think the first thing is don't be afraid to go up a size because that is something that I was struggling with for so long is that I was like trying to like squeeze into clothes that didn't fit me. Mm. And then I refused to like go up to another size because I'm not that size. But the thing was, I was that other size. And once I went up, I was like, wait a minute, like clothing fits me so much better. Like I have options now. Like I feel cute. So I think that's like the number one thing. Like size is like literally nothing but a number. So like get that out of your head. I love that. That's a really good tip. And I think too, obviously trends are fun, but I am a huge advocate of wearing, like trying, if you're just getting into fashion and want to figure out, okay, when you put on something, how do you, how does it make you feel? When you wear like a bodycon dress, are you pulling it down? Are you like uncomfortable? Like when you wear heels, do you feel like you can't enjoy yourself because your feet hurt? You like walk around. So like, I don't, I, I, like I wear cowboy boots. Those are one thing that makes me feel so confident because I can walk in them. I can dance. I feel like I can strut. I did slip and fall in Mexico and pulled a hamstring in them, which was not good. <laughs> oh, but no. I know. I know. It was, you know, but I was salsa dancing. It was good. It was fun. But I'm just like, I think it's important to pay attention to when you wear a certain type of clothing, how does it make you feel? Because that is going to translate with how you present yourself and the confidence that you have. So if you're, let's say, going on a first date and you wear something that you would never like a tight dress and heels and you never wear that, you're not going to be confident. You're not and that energy you're putting out is going to translate. So I always tell people, try a bunch of things. Maybe you feel really confident in oversized things. Wear that. Who you because you're curvy, it doesn't mean you have to wear form-fitting clothes to show off your curves. You can wear oversized stuff. So just not listening to what these rules that who even knows created these rules and just playing around and experimenting and finding the things that make you feel the most confident and alive and then stick with that. Absolutely. Do you guys experiment with different trends when like different trends kind of come out and then kind of decide whether you're going to take them or leave them? Or do you know like this is what works on my body and I'm going to stick to this? No, I experiment with trends. Actually, it's like so funny because right now, like there's like the whole anti like skinny jeans trend. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> anyways, I was just home and everyone was like, why are your pants so big? <laughs> like they, you wait, said- where is home for you? Where, where were New you? Jersey. Okay. <laughs> Listen, in Jersey, they're still wearing skinny jeans, which is totally fine if that's what you want to wear. But I was like, no, my jeans are like so cool. Like I love these. And my family was like, <laughs> like literally they were like, no. And I honestly think that they were like questioning my career. They're like, you are supposed to inspire fashion. Like 
are you sure? And I was like, you don't understand. Like, and then I was like, I had to show my mom. I'm like, look at all these people asking where my jeans are from. She's like, I don't know. I don't know. So anyways, I do think that I love experimenting with trends, but I do think that like something's really important is like, you don't have to listen to what anyone else says. Like just to echo what Rand was saying, it's all about how you feel and like your confidence and like something I always say with my husband, I'm always asking his opinion on like my outfits. And then I'm like, why am I even asking? I literally don't even care what his opinion is because I want to wear what I feel good in what I want to wear. So if Zach gets wear, like, so mad at me for that because I'll ask for his opinion and then I'll completely disregard it. And he's like, I guess what I say doesn't matter. To you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Thanks for your opinion, but I don't give a f- <laughs> So if you want to wear skinny jeans, wear skinny jeans. If you want to wear like the biggest pants you could find, wear them. If you want to wear like a floral print in the middle of winter, you can wear whatever you want. Um, so I think that's just the most important thing. You're listening to the Healthier Together podcast. I get asked all of the time about which CBD brands I recommend. And honestly, I have like two or three companies reach out every week asking to work together. But I wanted to find a brand that I really loved and could stand behind before recommending it to you guys, which is why I am so excited to share Kyoto Botanicals with you. Kyoto Botanicals has a few incredibly important things going for them. They own and operate their hemp supply chain from seed to bottle and hand produce every bottle they sell to deliver products with unmatched consistency and quality. They believe that every single ingredient matters and should contribute to your overall health, which is why they only use USDA certified organic oils to deliver flavor with benefits. Their products only have organic, single-source plant extracts, not lab-developed flavors and colors, so you get whole plant benefits as nature intended. Finally, their hemp is grown according to strict organic and biodynamic standards, and they only use organic coconut MCT oil as a carrier. They have a few different products, but my favorite ones are their tinctures. The Breathe one is lemon ginger flavored, and it helps ease mild anxiety caused by everyday stresses, promotes a sense of calm, and it helps with digestion thanks to the ginger. The warmth one has cinnamon and turmeric to help manage inflammation caused by an active day and to help reduce exercise-induced inflammation. Finally, the restful one is minty, and it helps to promote relaxation and support healthy sleep patterns. My personal favorite way to take the tincture is to put a few drops under my tongue and let it sit for about 30 seconds before swallowing. That way, the most active compounds get straight into your body. They always have free shipping, which I love, and then you can get a whopping 25% off your order by visiting kyotobotanicals.com and using the code healthier together, like the name of this podcast. Again, that's K-Y-O-T-O-B-O-T-A-N-I-C-A-L-S, kyotobotanicals.com. And the code is healthier together. I cannot wait for you to try these. They are truly going to change your life. Now let's get back to the episode. Where do you guys shop? We have a lot of so we Zara, um, Nordstrom, Nordstrom. Um, Reformation. Got, I've been loving Abercrombie jeans recently, oh, which yeah. is like just mm. so funny because that was my first job. Um, Cotton. ASOS, Cotton On. Um, I like Realization Par, but they kind of annoy me, but they got cute stuff. Gosh. Realization Par and Reformation are two of those brands that I think everything's super cute and then I order it and then it doesn't look good on me at all. That's me with Zara. Mm. 
You got some, that, that Zara set I stole from you the other day was a big hit. I know, I did very good with that one. <laughs> that was the only, but I ordered but, 30 things from there. That was the only thing yes. in the box that worked. Zara's but that, one of the ones that I was like waiting for us to be able to like go shopping in stores again because their online process is so miserable. You need to like go to the store, wait in line for half an hour and like try everything on in oh, there. Source. Yeah, they have like the yeah. worst website I've ever And I think that's what is important too. Like no feeling like, okay, you're, if you try 30 things, one thing might work and that's not your body. That's not you. That's not your problem. Like that's the way clothes are like, it's just a (laughs) lot of it just isn't going to fit. And that's totally fine. Don't let yourself get discouraged by that because we shop all the time and Mm -hmm. a fraction of the things that we try actually work. And that's what you, you know, we'll, we'll share that. Cause we're like, this works on our body type. You need it too. You know what I mean? Um, so trying things, don't be afraid to let it just try it all. And then where do you get your fashion inspo from? Other, Instagram. Yeah. Other Instagrammers. Like um, who? Pinterest. Who should I follow to teach me to dress cute guys? I need Cost, specifics. The girl we were just talking oh, about. Oh, Castamica. I'm like obsessed with her. Um, I've never even heard. Wait, Who? Her name's Castamico, like C-A-S-S-D-I-M-I-C-O. She's also the founder of Orium Collective, which is a um, jewelry brand. A jewelry brand. Okay. She's like super, super chic. She's like inspired a lot of very extensive purchases. So like maybe don't follow her if you want to save <laughs> yeah. her money. Um, but she's great. Who else? I like her friend Jordan. She has some cool, like she has like a very cool girl California style. Mm. Um, we'll have to send you, we can send you their Instagrams. Uh, okay. Who else do we look for for fashion inspo? There are a lot of really cool like TikTok, like young TikTokers who are just have the coolest style. Sometimes Although that's like speaking of like the judging thing. Sometimes I'm like, like I just ordered one of those like beaded necklaces because I just think they're so fun and so cute. But I'm like, well, people think I'm trying to be 20 or like 17 when I wear this. You know what I mean? It's that like, I like it, but I'm worried. I have that external judgment about it, you know? As long as you like it, that's all that matters. But I will say sometimes I do see some people. I'm like, oh, that feels like, does that feel like you? You know what I mean? If it feels Mm. like something that you can incorporate into your wardrobe seamlessly, then I think it's you. Um, Because like you shouldn't be afraid to try trends. I think the issue is when you're trying so hard to like be someone else. Mm. Do you guys follow any of the like rules of fashion that people tell you about like looking good in your body, like cinching your waist or like I'm thinking of I'm short. Um, I'm very jealous of tall people and people are always like create a long line of your where your pant meets your shoe so that you can trick people into thinking you're taller and stuff (laughs) like that. Like, do you think that should all just be disregarded or do you think there's like literally just from a proportionality thing, something to consider there? Well, I think that the issue is like a lot of like cinching your waist or like elongating you is like pretty much trying to tell everyone to like look lean and tall. Right. Mm. Um, so I don't, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. If that's, if you want to like look taller, that's fine. You should do that. But like, I, I should be able to look short and like be cool with the fact that be, I look be comfortable short. with being short and like looking short. I think that's the thing. Like I love like cinching, cinching my waist and like, you know, um, emphasizing my curves, but like I'm also totally okay with wearing like my husband's like double X blazer over and like completely hiding my body. Um, So I think that it's just all about like being confident in your skin and like emphasizing your body, but like not trying to hide it or not trying to like change it to be impress someone else. Mm. The only rule I follow is like a really simple rule is like three piece dressing. If you want to look like effortlessly cool, do three pieces. So you have like trousers, maybe a crop top, 
that is a kind of boring throw on an oversized blazer. You got an outfit. Yeah. Huh. You know, so three pieces, that's like one rule that I think is really easy. Also mixing like colors and textures. That is a way, like if you want to look instantly like elevated, like a monochromatic look or playing with different tones, like there's this whole, you know, all of like color theory and all of this, why certain colors look better together. Those are more of the things that I not even pay attention to, but just kind of like, well, I do pay attention to them, but I'm not like strict with them rather than like these rules of like, if you're a pear shape, do this. Cause I feel like those are a bit outdated. Wait, how would you do three-piece dressing in like the summer when it's really, really hot? Um, well, you can like, okay, let's say, I mean, we wear jackets all the time. We think? wear jackets. So like, I will wear a blazer in the hundred degree heat. <laughs> Me too. But it should be linen. A uh, linen okay. blazer. Yes. <laughs> okay. Or so I do think that like accessories. Yeah. Can you really could do change. a hat. You could do a hat too. Oh. Uh, or a belt. Or a belt could be the third piece. Oh, okay. Okay. Do you guys ever still have like bad body moments where you feel insecure? Of course. Oh, Oh, when my spray tan wore off the other day and I took some photos, I literally thought I was like, that is what I look like. What? Because of day one of vacation, I just went on vacation to Mexico. I got a spray tan and I was like, oh my gosh, I feel amazing. <laughs> By the end of the trip, I was paler than when I got there because I don't really go in the sun. <laughs> and my spray tan had worn off and my friend took a picture of me and I saw this picture and I was like, that is what I like. I have a rash all over my arms because... Who knows what happened to me in Mexico? I've got this rash. My tan was gone. I had been drinking tequila all week and eating tacos all week. And I have zero regrets about that. But I just was like, oh, man, I'm not feeling good. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm really not feeling okay. But I just try not to like wallow in that. I'm like, you know, I went and had a great time. I had a blast. And it is what it is. Moving on. <laughs> and, and for me right now, I think that like some things that I'm dealing with are like my breasts. <laughs> Are literally like two different sizes. Like I honestly feel like I need to shop for them in like two different stores or departments. Like one, <laughs> it's just ridiculous. And I a lot of it's probably from breastfeeding. And I know that like most women's breasts are like slightly different, but I honestly feel like mine are like drastically different. So sometimes when I see that, I'm like, what is happening? Um, but I got fitted for new bras, and I like did something about that to like help my confidence in that area. Or like I like literally have a mustache right now from the sun, like a sun stash, I like to call it. <laughs> And people are like, no, no, you don't have it. And I'm like, no, like I do. It's okay. You don't have to tell me I don't have it. I do. Like, but I ordered a bunch of hats and like I ordered some product to help with that. Or like maybe I'll, I don't know, just wear more sunscreen and like stop complaining about it. Um, but there are things that you don't always have to feel like a hundred percent in love with every part of yourself. You just like learn to be like accepted and know it's just a matter of fact. Well, how do you decide, like you just named sort of ways you could address those situations. How do you decide when the way to address it should be in your mind and you should just be like, I'm going to accept this in a different way versus like, I'm going to get a different bra or even something a little bit more so like I'm going to get Botox or filler or something like that. I think when you, with anything, and I learned like this from my therapist too, when you start obsessing over something, whether it's your stomach or it could be something that's happening in your life or whatever, if you let yourself sit in that and continue to like, let that like fester, it's just going to get worse. So I try, if I'm like, see, if I'm really feeling bad about something on my body, I do the best that I can to pivot. So instead of just sitting there in this like hateful negative state, 
try and pivot. And it does sound so cheesy to be like, oh, say something positive. But like, if you wake up every day and you're in a negative mindset, that's why it's so important to practice gratitude, whether it's with your body or just your life in general, you're going to believe those negative things. If you wake up and you're like, I'm so gross. I'm so hate my stomach. My arms are disgusting. Like you're believing that. So the, the talk that you have to yourself, I think it's very important to pay attention to that and see where you could turn it into a positive. And like Christina said, you don't need to be like, I love my arms (laughs) and my stomach. Like, Oh my gosh. Like, because that's just not always obtainable. It's a bit of some like toxic positivity, you know? And I think it's just to be like, you know, my stomach isn't my favorite part of myself, but that's okay because I'm an amazing mother. I'm an amazing business partner. I'm a good friend. I have so much more to offer that like when I'm with my friends, they're not, they don't, they don't care about my stomach. And I think that, I mean, your question on like filler and stuff, I've always been very open. Like I got lip filler two years ago and I, I'm so happy. I'm so happy. So I think it's just really... I don't think there's like a black and white answer when it comes to like, what's the line of when you need to like make a change. But I don't, I think it's just to such a person by person basis. Yeah. How did you make the decision to like get filler and, and make a change in that type of way? Oh, I had wanted lip filler for a really long time. And I literally was like, so I honestly like judged people who had it too. I was like, I was like, oh my God, she has lip filler. And I think it was coming from a place of jealousy because I was like, my lip, I was really self-conscious about like, I just had very thin lips. And especially when I smiled, it was like, I just was something that, and, and to be totally honest, it's like, I, we are influenced by societal's things. Like that's the, the world we live in. Um, and I think my tip is if you want to do that, just start very, very small very, very small. Don't do anything like super drastic because then you might regret it. It just, it really is interesting the world that we live in because you, you kind of can change so many things that you perceive as imperfections about yourself or that you don't like about yourself. And I think it is an interest. And, and a lot of the people that we put up on beauty pedestals have indeed altered a lot of their stuff. Like they were not born looking that way. Um, Oh yeah. I think like everyone. (laughs) Um, but yeah, Yeah. (laughs) like, but like so many of them, I, I, uh, talk, my friend Ariel Laurie, like has kind of like the insider scoop on all of the different things that you can get that I'd never even heard of. And like so many people that you wouldn't think are getting plastic surgery are. And I just think it's an interesting question when, you kind of could change everything, but we're trying to tell ourselves that our unique elements are what make us beautiful and that we should accept how we actually look versus this arbitrary societal standard of beauty that honestly changes every few years too. Um, and I just think mm-hmm. it's, it is a really interesting balance to navigate from really benign stuff like uh, braces and white teeth to Botox to butt lifts, you know, like it's such a, right. yeah. And you guys live in LA, so you're kind of like in the heart of that world. So I'm just curious totally. how you how you think about that stuff. Yeah, I think it's like a really hard place to navigate. And um, I mean, I think that if you want to change something about yourself, then like you, as long as it's coming from a place of like, kind of like acceptance or like love for yourself, like not trying to change it um, 
I don't know. It's like so hard because I go back and forth on this all the time too, honestly, because I do sometimes think it is a little bit of an oxymoron, right? Like yeah. telling people to like love themselves, but then like also being like, oh, I do this, I do that. Yeah. Um, and also I just saw this video the other day of actually yesterday of Kim Kardashian and it was um, oh, obviously Skims Skims ad, like yeah, in that Skims ad. And I'm like, oh my gosh, if you're always like chasing something, you're always chasing like some sort of perfection, you're never going to be happy. Well, and uh, I have like a sense of anger for her because I think they've they've altered themselves so much and then actually impacted the beauty standard worldwide by doing yeah. so. And I, I feel mm-hmm. like there's a responsibility there that's, you know, it's a it's a shitty thing to be making a bunch of people want something that's not even real for you, you know? Oh, right. yeah. I know. It's really, really tough. I feel like we need to, I'm like, who isn't, because uh, I get confused even talking about this because it's like, yes, accept yourself, but then still like you, you want to feel like, okay, the things I do to make myself feel good. You know, I want to have a spray tan. Like I said, I got lip filler. I get my eyebrows done. Like, yeah, I, all of I these dye things, my hair, you know, yeah, you dye your hair. It's like, these things make you feel good, but then it's like, we're still chasing after we do all of these things. So we like the way we look, but also we want other people to like the way we look. But I mean, there's probably so much more of the psychological thing. Like, I'm like, we need to talk to someone who's like a super, super expert on this. Cause it, it is so confusing to me still too. Yeah, me too. And I, I love when people like come forward and, and share about what they've had done. And I think that's so important, but I, yeah, I, I have this, I have very conflicted feeling. I haven't like gotten Botox yet. And I'm like, do I want to contribute to that standard of beauty? But also like, I want to feel pretty, you know, and I'm subject to the same standard of beauty that everybody else is. So I don't know. I think it's, I think it's for sure tricky. You're listening to the Healthier Together podcast. As a non-caffeine drinker, people are constantly asking me how I get my energy, so I'm going to tell you my secret trick, Organifi Red Juice. It has absolutely no caffeine, only two grams of sugar, and it gives me boatloads of non-jittery energy. Organifi is super particular about the ingredients that they use, so you get exactly what you need and nothing extraneous. The Red Juice has 13 superfoods, including reishi, cordyceps, Siberian ginseng, and rhodiola, all of which have been used as natural energy boosters for centuries. There's also a freeze-dried berry mix, which both makes it taste really good, even when it's only mixed with water, and it adds a ton of vitamin C, which I have been prioritizing, including in my diet, ever since the skincare episode of the pod. If you listen to that one, you will definitely know what I'm talking about. I will do a scoop in the morning if I am feeling sluggish, but I really love it around 2 p.m. One glass full fully gives me the energy that I need to enjoy and thrive for the rest of my day. Organifi also makes a green juice that Zach's obsessed with. It can basically act as your daily multivitamin. That one has a little bit of caffeine for matcha or I would be all over it, but he says it tastes amazing and has gone through like five canisters of it already. So I will take that as a ringing endorsement. The ingredients are really why I love Organifi so much. A lot of companies put like 45 different ingredients into a blend, but Organifi picks the absolute best ones and puts enough in their blends for you to actually feel a real effect. They're also all organic and incredibly well-tested and sourced, which can be such a problem in supplement land. 
Basically, I love them and I can't wait for you to try them, especially the red juice because I feel like you're all going to message me saying that you feel like a superhero. I, of course, have a code for you. You can go to www.organifi.com slash healthier together and use the code healthier together for 20% off your order. Again, that's Organifi, O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com slash healthier together and the code is healthier together for 20% off. Enjoy. Switching gears a little bit, what do you guys think of the term body positivity? Like do you – or body love? I think people have switched kind of like away from body love to body acceptance, body neutrality. But I like body love personally because I'm like love – love isn't simple. Like love isn't just – waking up. I don't wake up every day and say, oh my God, Zach, you're the best person on the planet. You know what I mean? Like it's complicated, but that's what makes it beautiful, which is why I like the concept of love for it. But I'm curious what you guys, yeah, those terms, what do you think? I love that you just said that. I have not thought about body, body love in that way where it's like, love is messy. Love is emotional. Love is a roller coaster. It's complicated. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. That is good. I like that. I like that a lot. Um, I mean the term body positivity, I think it's important to recognize like where that started. That was started, um, for people in, by women of color, um, for people in marginalized bodies. Um, and I think that people like us who have used that term and have been part of that um, movement. I think it's just, I don't think I personally, and we, we talked to Kelly Brown on this, on one of our podcasts, which is, a, she was very insightful. She's like, look, I don't think that's to say you can't be a part of this movement, but I think it's recognizing and using our privilege to help people who are in even more marginalized bodies, especially on this spectrum of fatness who deal with things in society that people maybe in smaller bodies don't have don't have to deal with. So I personally, I mean, especially since now body love, I love that I've been using body neutrality. Um, and just, but honestly, I haven't even really midsize actually is a term I've been using, um, just strictly coming from like a fashion blogger standpoint Mm -hmm. of helping people find things that, that will fit on a similar size, but I don't really get stuck on the, on the, the terms to be honest anymore. Yeah. I don't get stuck on them either. And honestly, I just feel like right now our culture in general is like, too obsessed with them. everyone. Well, I just think that everyone's like trying to tell everyone what to do. And mm-hmm. I think that like, for me, I, the term I've been using a lot is like body acceptance because like that is, I, I think like what I've realized, like I accept my body and that's what makes me feel confident. And like, I, I think I accept my body necessarily more than I love my body on a daily basis. Um, mm-hmm. but I don't think that there's anything wrong with like body love or body positivity. I think that you should use like whatever makes you feel Mm-hmm. whatever feels right to you, honestly. Um, and I think that no matter what you do, like you're going to, people are going to be offended in some way because we've been using like the term midsize, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like very insecure about using any terms right now, to be totally honest with you, because if I want to say plus size, people are like, you're not really plus size. And then if I say midsize, people are like, you're uh, fat phobic. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, uh, you just yeah. can't make anyone happy. Um, so I think that you just like, just do what feels right for you. I like that. Okay, so you guys are like the queens of confidence in pretty much every facet of your life. I feel like in terms of your bodies, in terms of your approach to the world, what you put out there, your energy. Um, Can you teach us how to be confident, like the people listening and me? Like what are your best sort of tips, tricks? How did you become this way? 
what are your confidence? What are you call just a confidence curator, Christina? Like, can you curate some confidence for us? Oh my gosh. Um, well, How much time do we have? <laughs> I think that the first thing to realize is that confidence is truly a journey. I think that as you grow older, you become more confident, at least I have. And I think that confidence ranges on all aspects of our life. But I think the number one thing I think that's helped me become more confident is trusting my gut, trusting my instincts and learning to advocate for myself in like all different scenarios. Because if I can say to my family, for instance, Hey, actually, like I feel comfortable in my skin. Like maybe you think I'm overweight, but I don't think Mm. I'm overweight. Just being able to stand up for yourself in like little day, like in everyday scenarios, I think will make you like stand up stronger, make you feel better about yourself and make you feel over time, like a lot more confident. Um, and I think that's for everything. Like, I think that especially women in general, you know how many times like I've heard like friends be like, Oh, I ordered, um, a cold brew, but they actually gave me a latte. I don't want to like say anything. Mm. Um, but like, why? Like you're not doing anything wrong by being like, Hey, actually like I did this. Um, can you change this for me? So like showing up and like almost like defending yourself or like showing up for yourself in everyday little scenarios, I think will in turn make you more confident. At least that's what's helped for me. I love that. Yeah. And it's such a hard question to answer because I think all of these comp being a confident person it, all of these like little different aspects of our lives are so interconnected. And I think that like, I could be really confident in my business, but when it comes to dating, I could not be confident. But mm. if, but if I do something, every little thing that you do to push out of your comfort zone is going to make you more confident. So if you haven't been on a date in a year and you're terrified to go on a date, the only way that you're going to become more confident is biting the bullet and going on a date. And guess what? If it goes well, that's going to trickle into like other aspects of your life. Also being surrounded by people like, you know, like Christina, like people who also have that passion to be a bold woman and confident, um, that impacts you. Like there's so many different things. And I think it's kind of like playing around to figure out what is the best like recipe for your life. Mm. Like maybe yoga makes you feel really confident for me. I hate it so much. That will (laughs) never be my thing. I like, no, 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 no. So like, it's going to be different for everyone. And, um, it's just like figuring out that right recipe, but I really do think it does come down to if you think about it, getting out of your comfort zone and trying, trying new things, whether it's clothes, whether it's going on a date, whether it's trying a new workout, whether it's speaking up to your boss when you think, Hey, you know, look, these are the X, Y, Z, why I deserve a raise talking about money. Maybe that's taboo. Like all of these little things work to build up to be an overall more confident human being. Yeah, and well, I think- and I love the idea that it bleeds, like that mm-hmm. you, if you are confident enough to take that step and go out on a date, that you'll show up at your job differently or stuff like that. I think that's really cool. And I also love the idea that who you surround yourself with matters mm-hmm. a lot. I think that sometimes we can have friends that make us feel like shit and they've just been our friends for so long or we're scared to kind of acknowledge that to ourselves. So we just keep giving excuses for why they make us feel like shit. And that, I think that's a really hard thing to, to overcome when you're getting constant messages that make you feel like shit on a regular basis, you know? Yeah. And I think it's really important to, when you're talking about like body image specifically, right? Like it's so easy to look in the mirror and be like, 
I don't like my arms or I don't like my stomach, but you have to like, just really try on a daily basis to switch that mindset and instead of focusing on the things that you don't like, focus on the things that you love. Like, Oh, wait a minute. Like I love my smile or like my eyes look amazing today. Or like I have long legs, like, or whatever it is, just switching that mindset. I think is so incredibly powerful. Um, and it does sound like a little cheesy, but it really makes an incredible difference over time. Could you guys share a moment recently or somewhat recently where you didn't feel so confident and how you kind of like switched that or overcame it? Yeah. Like for me, so this past year has been like my first year of dating, um, because I was in a long-term relationship and I was like kind of rattled by how much of a lack of confidence I had when it came to men. Mm. Um, and that was a really something I had to, had to work through and be like, why is it that I can walk into a room and not worry about what women think about my body or who I am. But when it comes to men, I am so hyper like focused on it. Mm -hmm. So that was a time where I was like, Whoa, what is going on here? I thought I was this confident person. And now I'm questioning everything because I am too scared to go on a date because I think I'm fat, you know? So that, that for me recently has been something that I've, I've had to work through. Um, and the only way that I've worked through it is to go on a date, like I said, and realize like, Oh, he actually is attracted to me. And also not, I, I did a lot of putting, not even giving people a chance. I was like in my head because men had always said that I was fat or ugly, that every man's going to think that. And that's a bit Mm. unfair to put that on, on people as I'm entering into this dating world. So letting go of that and just really trying to like embrace myself and be myself. And if they don't like it, then on to the next. Like almost giving them space to actually form an opinion before deciding yeah. ahead of time what opinion they're going to form. Mm-hmm. You just said that perfectly. I was not even giving them a chance to form an opinion because I had already created it in my head. Yeah. I love that. Christina? I mean, I think for me, and it's like something I'm still going through is like, I'm still like a little insecure about my stomach, um, especially like after having the baby, I feel like my body changed a little bit more. I also have like some stretch marks. And that's something that I've been working through my entire life. So like some things that I did recently is like, I did a photo shoot, um, in a low rise bikini, like where my stomach was out and about. Um, and I ended up making a TikTok video about it just to show everyone. Cause I felt like, okay, like if this is something like I'm so insecure about, I almost like need to put it out there for the world to see. And that's like the only way I'm like able to get over it. Um, and I did that. And honestly, it felt so incredibly liberating. I was like, Oh my gosh, like, I didn't like blow up. Do you know what I mean? Like people saw my stomach and nothing happened. Like the world, like I still woke up the next day. (laughs) It's fine. It's fine. Um, and yeah, I think that you just have like, just by putting myself out there and like almost like showing up with my insecurities and like letting them out for the world to know and just being, being more vulnerable. has really helped me a lot. You're like doing exposure therapy for yourself. Yeah, exactly. I've never heard that term, but I like it. (laughs) It's a, it's a big thing in psychology. Like if you're afraid of snakes, a psychologist will work with you for a long time, but it'll, it'll end with you touching a snake or being near a snake and finding out that that worst thing that was going to happen in your head does it in fact happen. And so I think putting social, it's one of the best parts of social media to me is that you can 
put yourself out there in this larger way and you you know you think everybody's going to be like oh you're fat you're ugly you're never going to be beautiful or whatever and none of that happens in fact so many people are usually like you look gorgeous look at that confidence it's amazing so you're exposure therapy and then you can switch that that worst case scenario in your head exactly um, if you guys are going to share one tip, just leave us with one little tip to listeners who want to love or accept their body. What could you leave us with? Talk to yourself and hype yourself up the way you would your best friend. If your best friend is having like a terrible day, not loving themselves, you know, you would look at them and like tell them everything about them that is shining, everything that you admire. Like, how can we don't do the same thing to ourselves? So I think like hyping yourself up the way you hype your best friend up. That would be my biggest tip. I love that. Mine is be intentional with who you follow on social media. We spend, whether we like it or not there, we spend a lot of time there. Mm-hmm. Um, so just be really intentional about who you follow and who um, you're you're taking in because that has a huge impact on you. Um, so I would just look through and if someone's making you feel bad about um, your body and that doesn't, they could be an amazing person. It could right. be me, unfollow me if I'm maybe going through something that is triggering to you at that time or whatever, you know, you, you gotta really, really be intentional about that is one of my biggest tips. Cause that was huge for me, especially as I was on my body confidence journey and still am. So do you, who, do, who are some, I asked you guys your fashion picks for people to follow on social, but who are some people who just make you feel, it could be body. It could just be making you feel excellent in general on social. Oh my gosh. Um, I love following it's me tanks. Oh Yeah. Um, I think she's really fun. I feel like she makes me feel good about the fact that I'm hungover sometimes. Uh, (laughs) And I just like love like her following her LA lifestyle. We love Remy. We just had Remy on our podcast. She's great. Um, I love following Kelly Brown. She's fantastic. She is like the perfect dose of like, like positivity, fashion, like home content. She's really fun. Um, I love Remy just to go back to that because she feels like she's still like, going through it in this very Mm. honest and real way. Like I remember one time she was like, I know my spray tan looks crazy, but I was going to try on bikinis for you all. And I needed a spray tan to feel confident. And I just like, sometimes it's nice to not just see people at the end of their journey where you're comparing yourself to that. And you're like, well, am I ever going to be that confident? But to kind of go through it with them, you know, Mm -hmm. for sure. I think that's really nice. Anybody else? It's just like, I'm, uh, you know, if I was on my phone, I'd be like, oh my God, this person, this person, this person. And I can't, why can't I think of anyone? Um, I love following Kara Ferrani. I think she's, she's like more of like a fashion inspiration for me. Um, I love following Sarah from the Birds Papaya. She's oh, like, she's great. She's going through like a lot of the same stuff, like pregnancy wise as me. I love following mm-hmm. Ariella Astoria. I think she's um, just like has the most incredible words and is so passionate. Um Oh my gosh. Who else? I love, um, following Lauren Caruso. She is an editor from New York city. I feel like she just like has like amazing tips and she's like super honest. Um, who else? I like literally like a million people. I mean, just go through my follow list. Think about it like with your own content, the line between, you know, making it all about your bodies and being like, my body is actually like not the most interesting thing about, you know, like you're trying to use your platforms to empower people, love their bodies, but you're also probably not trying to have people, think about their bodies every moment of every day. You know, do you think about that balance with the content you guys create? Definitely. I think there was a time where I felt like every caption needed to be like, um, about my body because that's what 
I don't want to say performed well, but I think I've had to like realize that like sometimes I just don't, I just want to post that I had a really great time at the pool and I'm in a swimsuit. I don't really want to talk about my body all the time. Um, but that's because I think I'm on a different place in my journey, whereas someone else might still need to be there and talk yeah. about that. And I think that's an important space. But for me, I just, I, I, I'm kind of just like living my life and I'm just, I don't, sometimes maybe if I feel like I need to share about it, I will. Whereas in the past, it was very heavy on that, on talking about my body and all of that stuff. But I've honestly haven't been really doing that as much just because I, uh, to be on, just being totally candid, I was a bit burnt, burnt out talking about it. I'm just like, I just, I'm living, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And that's interesting. I feel like I think about it similarly, but differently. differently at the same time, because sometimes like, I almost feel like, am I not showing up for my audience? If I'm not talking about these things, um, are they coming for me? Are they coming to me for that? And if I'm not like showing how, like I decided to wear a bikini today and like how I feel in it, like, is that not inspiring or helpful to them? Like, because yeah. So I, I, I kind of feel conflicted, but almost like in a, in a slightly different way. Uh, but sometimes I think your actions are louder than your words. If you totally. just show and you're like at the pool with Nico swimming around looking, you know, in a bikini, that's pretty powerful too, without having to say it. But at mm-hmm. the same time, maybe someone does need to read it. So, yeah. so I, 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 I struggle with hard. that too. I think that like when you talk about stuff explicitly and, and it performs like, yes, you're like, yeah, it performed well, but you're also like, okay, clearly this People is resonating this. with women yeah. and they need yeah. to hear this. But also I think it's incredibly powerful to literally just be like, yeah, I'm having a amazing time and I'm not thinking about my body. So I, I really struggle with that dichotomy, which is why I asked the question. Yeah. So we're all struggling. It's a lot. We're trying to figure it out. If people wanted to find you guys on social, on the podcast, on the internet, where can I send them? We are at... Is it the? <laughs> yeah. We're at Confident Collective on Instagram. So Confident Collective. Uh, you can listen to our podcast, The Confident Collective. We have so many great guests on and we just talk a lot about like everything from like being a new mom to like dating struggles. We share everything. So um, probably TMI. It's a lot of TMI, but I think that you <laughs> guys will TMI. enjoy it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and you can follow me on Instagram. I'm at Chrissy Nazias. It's K-R-I-S-T-I-N-A-Zias and Zebra I-A-S. And you can find me at Rayan Langis, R-A-E-A-N-N-L-A-N-G-A-S. Wonderful. Well, thank you guys so much for chatting with me today. This was so fun. Thank you thank so much you for so having much. us. This was a blast. I hope you loved this episode. Rayanne and Christina are just so fun, and I'm really excited about this series. I have some incredible guests coming up that I cannot wait to share their words and their wisdom with all of you. As I mentioned in the beginning, if you do a podcast club with this episode, I'm happy to jump in. Just email info at lizmoody.com with podcast club in the subject line, and we will get something on the schedule. I would love to discuss all of these topics with you and with your group of friends. I love like podcast clubs and book clubs. I think they are so much fun. And if you love this episode, I would so appreciate a rating or review on iTunes or whatever podcast platform that you listen to podcasts on. It's one of the best ways to help people find the podcast, to have it show up in rankings and all that. And it's massively, massively, massively appreciated. And to that end too, sharing the podcast is of course the best way to help spread the word. It helps 
me get on incredible guests like Rayanne and Christina and some of the incredible people that I have coming up. And um, it just helps. I like I like to think that the more we can have these conversations about our bodies, about money, about hormones, about all the topics that we cover on the podcast, the better off that we'll all be. I think these conversations need to come out into the open so we can see how not alone all of us are on these journeys. All right. So to that point, you are not alone. I am in this with you. I love you. And I hope you have a beautiful day. Money was such a source of anxiety for me for a long time. I'm always talking about building good, healthy habits, but I didn't have any when it came to financial wellness. Once I started getting educated about my money, I began to feel empowered about it. And pretty soon I was like, how did I let this cause me so much anxiety for so long? If you are struggling just like I was, you need to check out YNAB. YNAB is an app that teaches a set of simple money habits to help you spend, save, and give without guilt or second guessing. It's one of the apps that experts I talk to recommend over and over because it's grounded in techniques that you won't see anywhere else that actually work. You start off by learning four simple core habits that are actually genius and have completely changed the way that I think about money. And then it guides you through saving so you are never caught off guard by a surprise expense again, so you feel safe and secure with money. But maybe more importantly, it also helps you fit the things that you love into your spending plan so that you know you have the money for that bachelorette party or that weekend getaway that you've been dreaming of. Also, and I love this, you can add up to six users to one account. So if you manage money as roommates or with your partner, it has got you covered. It has incredibly high ratings on all platforms and has become a huge cult hit because it's helped millions of people actually build the financial life of their dreams, even people who truly thought it was impossible. Check out YNAB and learn the habits with a one-month free trial, no credit card required, at www.yabb.com ynab.com slash Liz Moody. You'll get a month completely free and be able to see for yourself what a big difference it makes. I promise you're going to get back way more than you spend. That's www.ynab.com slash Liz Moody.